Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Taking Inside Boxing live on the road. Dan Canobio, as always, we're here on the floor at Madison Square Garden. The press conference just commenced for Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan. On this episode, you're going to hear from some heavy hitters, folks. Bob Arum, Tiafimo Lopez, and Christina Poncher. It's a great night of fights on uh, April 20th. I'm gearing up. We're going to be ringside uh, for this one. We heard from Terrence Crawford. Not a lot of smack talk between Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan. I think these guys have a mutual respect for each other. I also think they're very tired of promoting this fight. But it's going to be an ESPN pay-per-view. Uh, the first fight that Top Rank is doing with ESPN on uh, uh, pay-per-view going to be a great one. Uh, that's upcoming. Also, this past week, we saw some great action on uh, Friday night. Uh, Vasil Lomachenko picked up another win over Anthony Kroll. I thought Lomachenko did exactly what he was supposed to do. Uh, he won this fight. Kalusha Shields also had a very big performance taking out uh, Christina Hammer. Uh, she's now atop uh, the women's division uh, for the foreseeable future, I don't think. She's going to lose for, for uh, a very long time. So some big fights uh, this past weekend, some more fights on the way. Boxing schedule is really, really starting to ramp up. Saturday night at the Garden, I will be in attendance. That is a big one. It just sets off what's going to be, uh, I would say, five to six weeks of great fights, whether it's this one, uh, Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan, whether it's May, uh, May 4th with uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, and Danny Jacobs. Then you got Anthony Joshua and uh, versus two TBA because we don't know if uh, Jarrell Miller is going to get in there because he tested positive for a performance-enhancing drug. And then, of course, Triple G uh, fights the week after on June 8th. So a lot going on in the world of boxing. Let's get to Mr. Bob Arum next here on Inside Boxing Live. Our next interview on Inside Boxing Live is brought to you by Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar. Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located just a few steps away from Madison Square Garden and Times Square. Go into Jack Doyle's for all your entertainment needs. From happy hours to birthday parties to private events, Jack Doyle's has you covered. Once again, that's Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located on 240 West 35th Street. Here we are with the man, the myth, the wonder, Mr. Bob Arum, the hardest working man in boxing, getting ready for a big pay-per-view here at Top Rank on ESPN, Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan. How's the promotion gone so far? Promotion's gone tremendously well. I mean, now that we have ESPN as our partner, uh, it's really the sky the limit. You know, it's been very hard for boxing to break through into the regular sports market. But ESPN really believes in the sport of boxing. And you see we're all over SportsCenter. And uh, uh, that's the big megaphone that's really fueling this event, which is a great event. Great kids on the, on the pay-per-view undercard. Shakur Stevenson, Teofimo Lopez, uh, Felix Fredeo. So it's the future and the present. Uh, Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan is going to be a very, very exciting fight. I want to talk a little bit about Amir Khan. There's this notion out there that he has everything to gain in this fight and nothing to lose. Do you agree with that? Well, he's fighting the champion, and he's fighting a guy that many people feel is the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. So if he beats him, it's a tremendous accomplishment. And if he loses to him, uh, 
people say, well, he's fought against the best fighter in the world. So it's a win-win for Amir, and he's never been in the shape he's in as he is for this fight. Now with Terrence Crawford, pound for pound, arguably the best fighter in the world, uh, depends on who you talk to, is a guy that is on, uh, you know, the champion. He's the one that's that's driving this promotion. He's the guy that everyone wants to, to see now. Terrence Crawford, at this point in his career, where do you see him going after this? Well, I think Terrence Crawford is becoming a big superstar uh, in the sport. He is a superstar, and he's being recognized as such. Uh, so if he's successful in this fight, uh, he wants to fight uh, the guy that uh, people say uh, may be able to beat him. I don't think so. You're talking about Errol Spence? Errol Spence. And so the first uh, call I'll make next week if he wins this fight will be to Heyman and to see if we can put that fight together. What's your relationship like with uh, with Mr. Al Heyman? I saw on Twitter, I don't know if you knew this, but on that conference call, I was the guy who asked you uh, if you love Twitter. And that's when we had that great back and forth. Uh, I know that you're very active on Twitter and you, you wanted to talk to Al Heyman uh, right then and there. Your relationship with Al Heyman is pretty good, no? Well, I haven't talked to Al Heyman in two years. So I guess our relationship is very good because we haven't said a bad word to each other in two years. But uh, uh, I have Al's number. I hope he hasn't changed it. And I'll be calling him uh, next week, hopefully, uh, if Terrence is successful in this fight. There are people that say that you bring up Errol Spence to kind of drive the promotion. It's like it's an old promoter's trick. What do you say to those people? How does it drive the promotion? I think it detracts from the promotion. The fight you're selling, you want to sell as the best fight out there. So if I'm bringing uh, Errol Spence's name in, uh, that, that takes away something from the fight. No, the reason I'm bringing up Harold Spence's name is people keep asking me about it. It's a big fight. I mean, that can be made. Do you think it'll be a tough negotiation when you get there, like where it could be in a pay-per-view? You know, his fight on pay-per-view with Mikey Garcia did pretty good numbers. Will you now look at what the, what the numbers that this fight does and kind of go to the negotiating table with that? Well, this, this fight's going to do a lot bigger numbers because uh, ESPN is a bigger my, megaphone than Fox, which is not, uh, you know, a completely sports network. So obviously uh, we have an advantage. No, I'm not going to look at where the numbers are. Uh, Deals should be relatively easy to make. How about Teofimo Lopez, another fighter on this card? A lot of people are are really excited to see where his career is going to go. I feel like the dude in the last four months, I feel like his career has taken off uh, what can we say about uh, Teofimo Lopez, maybe one day down the road, being in, headlining this building right here, Madison Square Garden? Well, I think, if, you know, if Teofimo gets by, he's fighting a, a tough European fighter who's uh, highly rated by all the organizations uh, in Tatley. And if he gets by the fight, uh, hopefully uh, in this summer we'll bring Teofimo in here to headline a card in Madison Square Garden. So that the theater or the big room? Well, it depends on the garden, depends on what's available. You know, uh, fortunately or unfortunately for the garden, uh, their teams didn't do too well. Yeah, don't remind I'm so a Knicks there, fan. So there's a, so there's a lot of uh, empty dates yeah. that we can fill. Yeah. How about you, Bob? You're the hardest working man in boxing. You're at every single event. I see you at uh, fighter meetings. I see you at fighter workouts. You feel like you're 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 all over the place. You feel like you're at your your best right now, even though I would. In, uh, well, well, you know, people say when you get older you slow up. 
to some extent that may be true, but also when you get older you have more experience and you know how to deal with situations probably a lot better than you were able to when you were a younger person. So it all works out and I enjoy it, that's why I do it. Uh, the business aspect, a lot of the business aspect, uh, Todd uh, DeBuff handled. He was on Bloomberg today. And uh, so that's great. That takes a real big burden off my back. I can just uh, uh, concentrate on the promotion. How about uh, ringing the, the, the bell there at New York Stock Exchange? Is that something you've done in your past? Well, yeah. I took uh, 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 a number of years ago, uh, we rang the closing bell with Manny Pacquiao and Chris Algieri. So I've had, I've had that experience. Okay, Bob. Now, I did an impression of you. And I want to show you it. I want to get your thoughts on this. If you, if you hate it, you, you tell me that this okay. is trash. Keep in mind, I promoted Muhammad Ali. I promoted Sugar Ray Leonard. But Manny Pacquiao, the senator from the Philippines, is the best champion I've ever had. Rate that from 1 to 10, please. Well, like a 2. <laughs> well, is there anything I can improve on? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, first of all, you don't have a Brooklyn accent. I, like I live I, in Brooklyn. I don't know, but, the, but you know, the, the kids in Brooklyn don't have the same accent. No, I, and you know why? Because when I was growing up, uh, Brooklyn had been a place that was settled by the Dutch. And therefore, the way they spoke English really... Uh, that's the truth. Led to the Brooklyn accent. I mean, my uh, school teachers were still Dutch in those days. I mean, du Dutch ancestry. And uh, the principal of the school was uh, a Dutch ancestry. So that was the, the real birth of the Brooklyn accent. Now, with very few Dutch people living in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn accent is not what it used to be. And... All those years living in Vegas, you're still a Brooklyn guy, so you still got that accent. I love well, that. Yeah, you don't you don't lose it. I mean, I didn't move to Vegas until I was in my 50s. So, you know, by that time, you sort of, you, the way you talk is the way you're going to talk for the rest of your life. Our next interview on Inside Boxing Live is brought to you by Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar. Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located just a few steps away from Madison Square Garden and Times Square. Go into Jack Doyle's for all your entertainment needs. From happy hours to birthday parties to private events, Jack Doyle's has you covered. Once again, that's Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located on 240 West 35th Street. Okay, we got Christina Poncher, who's the blowing up right now. You can see her everywhere at ESPN. She's calling fights. She's the, one of the first women to to call a fight here on ESPN. It's been I've seen you grinding for many many years now, and now you're getting your chance, which is great to see because you really are uh, a true fan of the sport. Thank you so much. Yeah, like I was just saying, I can't believe it's been it'll be 10 years this year since I first started, you know, covering press conferences on my lunch break while working for Fox Sports just to kind of get my foot in the door but it's been a steady grind but you know what that's that's all part of the journey and that's what it takes I mean boxing fans 
fans and and fighters and and the public alike can tell when when you know your stuff and and when you don't. So um, I'm happy to have been able to put in the work and Top Rank gave me a great opportunity, a great platform. And I started as a host and a reporter, and then I started color commentating. Now I'm doing blow by blow. I'm working pay per views <laughs> for ESPN. Jack I mean, of all trades. Whatever you need, I can I can make it happen. But I mean that's what it takes, you know, to to make it in this business. Whatever, whenever your card, your name is called, you just got to step up to the plate and do the best job you can. You're absolutely right. You can't fool boxing fans. Yeah. That's one thing I'll always say. If someone's up there and, and they don't know what they're talking about, first of all, Twitter's going to be all over them. Yeah. <laughs> and you say like a thousand words right. You say like one, one word. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna jump on you. You can say that's fine. They're going to jump on you, but one thing, the boxing fans know that you love the sport. You say you go back 10 years. What was your first fight? Um, my first fight was um, Juan Manuel Lopez versus oh. Rafael Marquez. That was a barn burner. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. And I remember, I think my... Second press conference, I had Ricardo Mayorga and Don King. Did, and he, did he get a cigarette? I mean, 17 flags. I smell like cigarette. My hair, my, my shirt. Wow. I'm trying to reel in Don, and he's going off on all these tangents. And that was a good, you know, that was uh, baptism by fire in that sense. <laughs> How about working with Top Rank, such a legendary promotion, and, and, and with, with Bob Arum? I mean, I love interviewing Bob Arum. It's one of my favorite interviews. Just working with him on a, on a daily basis must be a thrill. It, it really is. I mean, I've been really, really blessed with the opportunity that Top Rank has given me to work so closely with the legend in Bob Arum and just the great, you know, stable of fighters that we have. And they know for the most part, you know, coming from working on the promoter side that, um, you know, we're on their side. You know, I, I want to put them out in the best look as possible. I want to be fair and ask honest questions, but at the same time, you know, um, being able to have the access to them, even when they're not in training camp, to just, you know, hang out with their families and get to know them as people, I think really has helped make me more of a well-rounded um, talent. That's pretty interesting. You bring up the fact that you are technically the in-house reporter yeah. for Tom Prank. And you know you're a journalist. Journalist, you have you know you're in journalistic integrity. Is it tough to kind of ask those tough questions? And since you're, you're with Top Rank, you're looked at as a Top Rank, a friend of the fighters. That's a fantastic question and one that you know I I sometimes battle with internally because you know like for instance when Terrence Crawford's going through the things with the auto body shop, you know like I, it's not something that we can ignore. But how can we you know try to take it in, in not like attack mode, you know, because I am I am coming from a top rank perspective. I, I, I'm not coming from an outside news organization, but I went to journalism school and it kind of somewhat, you know, goes against it for the most part, whatever they, they taught you. But I still think it's fair to, to address it. It's just, I think the way you approach it, you come from a different approach. It's not really like attack mode with the camera and rush them with the question. It's kind of easing into it and then trying to get an honest response about what's going on. Your favorite aspect of what you do, is it calling fights? Is it interviewing fighters post fight? Is it Everything you do. What's your favorite thing that you do? Because I, I do them all, and, and calling fights is really hard. Calling fights takes the most work and the most preparation. But I think for me, it's really tough. I love being a color commentator. The thrill of blow-by-blow blow is amazing, calling knockouts. But I do really enjoy post-fight interviews because that's the first time after a week of talking to them 20 times during the week that you actually have something new to talk about, something yeah, fresh. Right. You never know what's going to happen in a fight. And just that that adrenaline, not only that you have going through you, but that the fighter has too. Um, I think those are probably some of my favorite moments. Yeah, and being the first person to talk, talk to they're the them. first yeah. interview. The usually, second, you know, usually, right. And if, and if they and if they win, they are in great. They, they'll give you some great stuff. Sure. And you know, and if it's a controversial decision, you're the first one that gets the reaction from them, or you can bring in a referee or whatever the case. If something's going down, so I think those moments are probably my favorite. Now, calling fights on ESPN made some history. Yeah. What's life been like the last two weeks for you? It's been kind of a whirlwind, but. Um, you know, it's just like 
two weeks of play-by-play back-to-back and then stepping up to the main broadcast last week for Lomachenko. And then this week I get the call to, to be added to the team for the pay-per-view with ESPN this week. So it's just really been a blessing. And I feel like it's, you know, just affirmations from God that I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right thing. So you women's know? boxing on the rise, seeing yeah. more women in, yeah. in broadcasting, seeing the raging babe, Michelle Rosado. Yeah. I've had her on my show in the promotion side. Yeah. Do you feel like women are being included more? I do. Um, you know, you've got them in main events, you know, with, with Hammer and Carissa. Um, last weekend, we got Michaela Mayer going over, getting big endorsement deals in China, making a name for herself. We got Raging Babe as a promoter. You got myself. You got, there's a ton of more, you know, women in it. And I, and I think we're on a good run right now. And I think it's, it's the right women doing the right things, putting in the work that are getting the opportunities. And, um, you know, it's always crazy to me how we get, you know, looked at and, and, and scrutinized more, you know, because we, we're women and maybe we don't know what we're talking about because we're women, but there's plenty of my male counterparts that have never boxed, uh, you know, around in their life either. Yeah, but looking at one. You know, and then they get more credibility. So it's just one of those things where it takes the time to put in the work, but I'm glad to kind of be on that forefront and kind of help blaze that trail more. Okay, so. Finally, big prediction, big fight Saturday night. Who wins? Terrence Crawford and Mirko. The fans win the fight. <laughs> I love that answer. That's the best answer. That's... The fans are winners. Okay, okay. Christina Poncher, <laughs> check her out on ESPN. She's really blown up, and she's a, a woman that knows her boxing. It's all things Crawford Con right now, but don't worry. I will get you caught up on everything else that is going on in the world of boxing. This is in case you missed it, and we got a big one here. Big Baby Miller tests positive for a banned substance, uh, GW1516, which uh, sounds like a license plate, but apparently it is an anabolic steroid, according to Victor Conti. I looked up uh, what GW1516 is. It uh, boosts endurance. It treats diabetes, uh, obesity cardiovascular disease. Uh, this is a, a legit drug that was taken off the market uh, in 2007. There was a lot of uh, bikers for, like, uh, for the Tour de France that uh, took this drug and uh, it, it, it helps you train, it helps you lose weight and um, that's what Big Baby Miller was popped for. It was a VADA test. Um, you know, hats off to VADA for, for doing their job and eradicating um, these guys that are taking performance-enhancing drugs. As for the fight, I know that um, Dimitri Salida put out a, a uh, statement saying that uh, we're going to you know, maybe fight this or we're going to uh, keep an eye on it and we're going to try to move forward with it. You know, Eddie Hearn pretty much said the same thing. We've been aware of this test and what's going to happen. What happens now? Because this is a fight here. We're here in Madison Square Garden. This is a fight that's taking place on June 1st. What happens now? Who's going to step in if someone has to step in and take this fight? There's been names thrown around. Michael Hunter, who's a fighter under the matchroom banner. That can be an easily made fight. Luis Ortiz is out there waiting for an opponent. I think that fight would sell. I think that fight would be great. I know you're hearing Klitschko. I really don't think that's an honest, viable option. The guy's 42 years old. I don't see Vladimir Klitschko taking that. But keep an eye on this one. I New York State's very, very strict uh, when it comes to these these types of things. I do not think this fight's going to happen, but I do think that the show will go on and Anthony Joshua will be fighting someone on uh, June 1st. Speaking of Madison Square Garden, another fight that's taking place here. The following week on June 8th, Triple G versus Steve Rolls. Yes, Steve Rolls. Last week we talked about uh, Tyson Fury taking on Tom Schwartz. Now we introduce Steve Rolls to the boxing lexicon. Uh, Steve Rolls is a Canadian undefeated fighter. He's fought on Showbox. Uh, he was uh, an Olympian, and he faces the toughest fight of his career when he fights Gennady Golovkin. Listen, we knew that Golovkin wasn't going to fight anyone uh, a big name or a tough uh, competitor when we know that, that Canelo is waiting in the wings for the September trilogy fight. Uh, anyone that thought that that Golovkin was going to be fighting a, a, a 
Demetrius Andrade or uh, you know go through the middleweight division or, or Charlo. No, not going to happen. They're not going to risk the the potential for a huge fight on the zone, especially when they're trying to add subscribers. So that you can look for Triple G and Steve Rolls December uh, uh, June eighth here. Uh, at Madison Square Garden, Steve Rolls ranked ninth in the IBF. He stopped four of his last seven opponents, but let's be honest here, Triple G's going to look great. I expect him to walk through Steve Rolls, and he's going to roll on to uh, Canelo Alvarez. See what I did there. James Kirkland is back, everybody. Stop the presses. James Kirkland is back. He's come out of hiding. Uh, last time we saw James Kirkland, he was getting spun around by Canelo, nearly decapitated, but he felt like, you know what, I want to step back into the ring, and I know you all want to know, if Ann Wolf is back in his corner, yes, I can confirm. Ann Wolf back in the corner of uh, James Kirkland. He's signed with Davies Management. I took a look at the photo of James Kirkland. Looks like he's walking around about 200 pounds. Who knows what weight he's going to fight at. We don't have a date where he's going to fight at. But how about this? How about Marcos Maidana versus James Kirkland catchweight? About 175 pounds. I'd pay to watch that. And lastly, uh, this just came across that the Zone has teamed up with LeBron James's production company and Maverick Carter to do a uh, special called 40 Days, which is going to be a hybrid of uh, 30 for 30 and a 24/7, following Canelo around as he prepares for his fight with uh, Danny Jacobs. This is interesting for a number of reasons because uh, LeBron James obviously wants to make a name. Uh, he's made a name in, in basketball. Wants to make a name on the production side of things. We've seen his show, The Shop. We've seen him do a lot of different things as an executive producer. Doesn't hurt when LeBron James gets into the boxing business. He's going to team up with the Zone, and they're going to put together, uh, you know, the traditional lead-up to what's going to be a great fight. That is Canelo Alvarez and Mr. Danny Jacobs. That's it for in case you missed it here on the road at MSG. Our next interview on Inside Boxing Live is brought to you by Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar. Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located just a few steps away from Madison Square Garden and Times Square. Go into Jack Doyle's for all your entertainment needs. From happy hours to birthday parties to private events, Jack Doyle's has you covered. Once again, that's Jack Doyle's Restaurant and Bar located on 240 West 35th Street. All right, we got the man here, Tiafimo Lopez, King of New York, one day. Could be fighting here at the garden. We're on the floor right now of MSG. You look up, you see the rafters. One day, this could be you. What do you think? It's gonna happen. This is just the start of it. So we right there, and we we have it at the grasp of our hands. So we could do this, man. Uh, as long as we, uh, as long as God gives me health and everything, the takeover is on the way. Now you just looked into the eyes of your opponent. Yeah. Um, he's a very well dressed guy there. Uh, what'd you see when you looked into the eyes? Uh, eyes were twitching. So I know he's. Uh, I can see uh, fear, a lot of fear in him. Uh, so when it's all said and done, um, yep, we won the fight. Now, the last time we spoke was December. You came into Jack Doyle's, where we usually do our show, and that was before your Mason Menard fight. And I feel like in four months, how much has changed in your life? I mean, like, I feel like it's like, a, it's like a, you know, a dog ages seven years. Like, your, your career is like on this fast track where in just four months, we're talking about titles no more. No longer are you a contender. I mean, no longer are you a prospect. You're a contender now. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's crazy. It really is. But that's what the takeover does. And that's what people need to come to realize now is that the takeover isn't just, like, um, it's not just, um, what's it called, like a slogan or anything like that. It's actually it's actually what we plan to do is to take over. It's take over everything and become um, world champion. And that's what we set out to do. Right now, April 20th is our main focus. But then afterwards, we believe in July, coming back here as the main event for the world title is the next thing. 
What are some names that are being thrown around? Obviously, Lomachenko is the one we want to eventually get to, but you know, you've heard uh, Pedraza. We've heard uh, Richard Comey, who I called up last week at, at Broadway Boxing. He's hungry. He wants big fights. What's like the the, the He wants the big fights, but no fights against Teofimo. So he'd rather prefer a Lomachenko fight, which could be understandable. You know, he wants to unify more and things like that, but that's their way of looking out from uh, competing with Teofimo. And, and it's things like that. So it could be a little frustrating because, you know, you want to build those fights, and a lot of people want to see Teofimo fight for the world title, want to see a fight with Lomachenko, but it's not, I'm trying my hardest, but these guys just don't want to. So it's hard to cooperate when, in the business aspect, they don't want to do that. So um, looking back at it now and everything, what I look at it is, um, what I really look at it now is basically, I just got to keep keep my head straight and just keep doing what I'm doing. The names I've been throwing on out is probably a possibility. Mikey's not going down to 135. I just heard from some sources. So You got sources? Yeah. <laughs> so he's not going back to 135. Um, so then he, that fight, the belt, the belt will be vacant, um, and that will be it'll be up for grabs for us, and maybe a possibility we fight Luke Campbell since he's the mandatory. Right. So that's the the, the, the track to get that world title. I know you're hungry for a world title. Now I've been thinking about your career and everything that's been going on with you. I feel like you're at a crossroads right now, not in your fighting career, but how the public views you. I want to see if you agree with this. After your last fight with everything that happened afterwards, whether, however you look at it, it, it happened and, and, it's, it, and it's in the past. Do you feel like right now, at this point in your career, you can either be looked at as a heel or you can be like a fan favorite? Do you think about those types of things? No, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to be out here and be like the, um, being the, the, the evil guy or anything like that. No, I'm not trying to be that type of person. Um, if you want to set me out to be that person, then by all means, you know, things happen, you know, I obviously I always finish my celebrations with a backflip and the end of it and, you know, let bygones be bygones and basically, you know, out of respect, we go and hug each other and just say good fight, you know. Uh, this time around, when I fought Magdaleno, I did a little something extra and, uh, you know, um, I don't regret what I did, but it's just a learning process that I'm just taking from it from this point on, you know, and uh, I know a lot of people didn't like it, you know, but um, don't, I'm going to be honest, don't talk shit about my family or anything that has to involve with my country. Yeah. Well, there is a market for being a heel, though. Look yeah. at Floyd Mayweather. He made it to the top by people tuned in to watch him win, people tuned in to watch him lose. Yeah, we're going to get the same thing, you know, um, which... Huh? Not the worst thing. Not the worst thing, of course, but, you know, the whole thing is to set out is just to change a couple things, you know, change the fact that you don't have to be flashy or, you know, flamboyant just to be uh, the best of the best and, you know, make this much. You know, it's just things like that. We could, we, we're going to change little by little. The thing I take with me, though, is that Floyd always kept, uh, he always kept it. He always kept his um, concentration, his, uh, his craft. He's always worked hard and everything and look where it got to him like it got him to the best and to the top you know tbe like he says and things like that so it's it's he's a role model that he plays a major fa major factor in what i'm doing how about um i read somewhere that you were at lomachenko's fight on uh, friday night but you didn't watch any of the actual action no i didn't i really didn't like people are like then why go i really went just so, so i could promote my fight april 20th madison square garden tune in Crawford versus Khan, Teofimo Lopez, co-main event, Shakur Stevenson, Felix Verdejo, uh, so good. on. Put your promoter hat on. No, absolutely. And then, you know, on ESPN pay-per-view, so you guys have to tune in. If you can't make it to the fights, there's tickets still available. Can't make it to the fights at Madison Square Garden. 
get it on um, ESPN pay-per-view. Now, did you ha go back and watch Lomachenko? What did you think of his performance, if you did watch it? No, I, I really, I honestly, I promise you, I really didn't. I was either texting, I was texting wifey, or I was on my phone on Instagram or whatever it was. So, right. I, I, you know, honestly, they asked me. I just, I, I already knew that guy was um, uh, Corolla. We're not going to take anything away from him, but honestly, the guy did not want to fight. He just tried to find, a, he went to survival mode. Now, life in Brooklyn. You're walking around Bushwick. You've been on the rise now. You're the top-ranked biggest star. You're arguably boxing's young, you know, next big thing. You get noticed more when you're on the streets when you're walking around Bushwick. Not, you know, a little by little, but not there yet, you know. But you know, when I my main my main thing is not, you know, sometimes I get surprised though. You know, I go to I could go to Yogaland or something, and somebody knows me. I'm like, oh, what the hell? So you know, it surprises me. I don't, cause the thing is, I don't see myself as that. That's why, and I think that's why it surprises me a lot. You know, um. Being with my girl and everything, obviously, she's had me to where um, she makes me feel normal. You know, although this ain't normal, you know, what I do here is my work, and this is what I do, and I'm the best at what I do. You know, in April 20, we're going to show, but overall, outside the ring and everything, you know, I, I really enjoy what I do, and I just try to live my life. One year from now, yeah. we're standing here at the Garden. Who are you fighting? Do you have a strap already? Talk to us. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know what the future holds, man. All I know is that one day at a time and one fight at a time, and this is where we're going to get to. We're going to get to the top. Um, it's a lot of people that has, has their eyes on us, you know. Some are even saying that, shoot, it's Teal Fima the main event and things like that. That's how good it is, how crazy it is and how it's getting without a title. You know, this is not no hype, guys, and everybody will find out eventually. You know, um, we just got to stay at, I know what's at task and I know what I have to do. You know, ESPN is pushing us. It's not even just with top rank, but the fact that ESPN is on board with Teofimo now. They have their Teofimo Express. They already got the ticket. They're going in, and they're going full throttle. They just want to – the whole thing now, it's not that we're in a rush to become world champion. It's just that since being in this weight class at 135 pounds for five, six years, I need to come and bring take something with me as, an, as a reward. That's as a title. Award for, and that's the world title before I move up to 140 at, um, in 2020. What do you think you eventually rest at? Do you think you'll get up to 147? I think I'll rest at possibly 154, 160. Oh, really? No, yeah, I'm a big guy, man. Okay. I'm a big guy. I would love to see that one. That would be great. Maybe look, stare down Canelo, stare down some of those those big dudes at 160. They'll probably retire by then, <laughs> maybe. You know, uh, 28. No, I know, but he has 11 fights. He, he has to do the contract and stuff. I just don't know where he'll get those 11 fights, to be honest. He still has, what, 10, 9 fights left? We're not thinking that far yet, right? One nah, day at a time. Nah, one day at a time, though. 135, he's at, at 60, so there's a big gap right there. <laughs> yeah, there's. Finally, before we go, your, your celebrations are now have become something you see on the Internet. Uh, blowing up, can you give us a little tip? What do we got? What are you going to see Saturday night in that ring uh, after you are victorious? Uh, this fight is not going past six rounds, and I'll say it again. And um, I truly believe it, especially now seeing him and how he, how we did the face-off and everything. I could just see it in his eyes. is is uh, is a lot of fear in him. So um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna um, test the waters, and we're gonna see how he is and everything. We're gonna adapt to his uh, his style and what his game plan is, and um, execute. You know, and do what we have to do. And what I see is. Um, Celebration-wise, Fortnite dances, you're going to see a lot of excitement um, and a backflip, man. Backflip is a given. Yes. But some, you, you've, you've stepped it up depending on what's going on around that time. Like the Heisman stands, that did great things for you. I'm trying to think what's going on on April 20th. I don't know. You're not going to uh, – I don't know, man. No, I, I'm not going to be – no, 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 no. You're going to throw that up in there. No, I can't. That's all Bob. It's bad for the sponsors. That's Bob's doing. <laughs> 
So, April 20th, one thing we do know is we're going to see is a great fight with my man right here, Tia Fima Lopez. Check him out. April 20th, top rank pay-per-view.